Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. As I was preparing for today, um, God really led me to um, Joshua and uh, really the first three chapters of Joshua. And my message title is actually Let Me Through. Um, that, is, that is kind of where, where I landed. But before we get in, let, let's read just a couple of verses and then I'm going to say a quick prayer and then we'll jump right in um, to the text. So uh, I'm in Joshua 3, 14 through 17. And it says, so when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests carried the Ark, uh, the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathon. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah Uh, the salt sea was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jordan. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely, uh, had completed the crossing on dry ground. Let's pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you, Father, for this moment, this moment in time, Lord, where you have a message for your people. I pray, Father, that I would diminish, Lord, and your presence would be here, your anointing would be here, Father, your spirit would be here, and that every word that's said would just go out into our hearts and plant seeds that we could go out into the world, Father, and to share. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Awesome. So if you guys have been engaged for the last couple of weeks, you know that Pastor Don's smack dab in the middle of a faith series. So his faith, uh, um, I found my faith has been the series. He's actually going to come back and continue it for another three Sundays uh, next Sunday. But he asked me, he's like, you know, you do whatever you want. But God really led me to, um, I would say, an additive. It's not necessarily the, I'm not going to go into the Hebrews text like where Pastor Don is preaching out of, but it definitely is about faith. But I want to take it from a different perspective. So when I, whenever I, God speaks to me through his word, um, I always uh, try to picture myself in the actual situation. And, you know, of course, I think we all have a propensity to kind of go, oh, you know, I'm the person that did right, you know, right away. And I, I like to kind of picture myself as, you know, a bystander, you know, in this situation. And I, I was thinking about this, this whole, um, the framework of what's going on right in the passage that we read. And so just to kind of give you some context, for those of you that may not know, the, this moment that we read in scripture, it's just after Moses has died. Now, the people of God, Israel, is in, they are in the wilderness. They are on the wilderness side of the Jordan, right? And so they're in the wilderness, and Moses has just passed away. In fact, um, if you look, if you go one page back into Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy ends with Moses passing, and Joshua, the book of Joshua, begins with Moses passing. And so I, I think about this situation, and if for any of you that, that have studied you know, the, the first couple of books of the Bible, you know that the people were in the wilderness for how long? 40 years. All right, we got some Bible scholars in here. Praise God. Uh, they were in the wilderness for 40 years. And, and I think about this situation that here comes Joshua, Moses died, and he's probably been telling his people, or he has been telling his people, we're going into the, the promised land. We're going into the promised land. We're going into the promised land. And then it doesn't happen, and he dies. 
And then Joshua comes on the scene and literally, I don't know what the timeline is. It, it could have been the very next day, but literally Joshua gets a message from the word that, Lord that says, get ready to cross over. Now, this situation kind of you know, messes with me a little bit because I look at that and I go, if I were in the army of Israel, right? And I were you know, just anybody there that's listening to Joshua and Joshua's like, all right, guys, we're gonna cross over. We're gonna cross over the river. I think about how I would respond, right? And I'd love to say that I would be the one grabbing my armory and getting my shield up and go, yes, Joshua, let's cross and at the edge of the river just waiting. But I know myself, you know, I know my, I, I'd be the one that'd be like, um, Joshua, like Moses, it took him 40 years and we still didn't get there. And you're like on day one? I mean, could we pray about it? You know, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, I'd be, I, yes, I'd, I'd march along, but I'd be like, hey, does anybody else feel like I do? Like, maybe there's something going on that, like, is somebody going to tell Joshua? Like, is somebody going to let him know that, you know, it's, he's awesome. Young Buck, he's got, you know, all this fire. Praise God. Love it. But, um, you know, not, not yet. Like, well, I don't know if we're ready. I don't know if we're ready. I don't know if, if, if it's the right time. And I think about how God situates us. And I, I see that in my own life, right? I see that in times where God has given me something or said, hey, you need to step out in faith. And what is my response? My response is always, um, hold on, God. Like, whoa, you want me to do that? Like, and, and you want me to do that now? Right, like, like now, like, I, I, let me pray about it, God. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you want me to do, oh, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that. You know, and I, I even think about, like, even I told you that I'm celebrating a year here at Tree of Life. Um, and, you know, praise God for the way that things all worked out. But when God started to speak to me about stepping out of the job that I was at, I was working a secular job. I had a really a great paying job. And the first thing that I told the Lord when he started speaking to me is, um, how am I going to support my family, Lord? Like, how am I going to? And the first thing I'll tell you that it's the only time that I remember God ever rebuking me in a prayer. And he specifically told me, you don't support your family. I do. I was like, yes, you're right. (laughs) So I'm just going to go ahead and cross the river, Lord. I'm going (laughs) to But, but I, I do think about how we can sometimes be like that. Well, we, God gives us something and we know he's given us something. We know he's told us something and everything around us just seems like it doesn't make sense. I mean, I even think about the scripture, the very next scripture after that, um, if you look at, uh, actually, if we go back to uh, Joshua 1, 3, 1, verse 2 and 3, it says, Moses, the ser- my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give them. You, you look at this, and there's, there's a preparation time, but I think about that whole situation, and they're, they're going at a time when it doesn't make sense. Right? They're, they're going to cross the river at a time when it just doesn't seem like, like that should be God's word. Right? Like, have you ever gotten God's word at a time when you're like, uh, that's, that, that can't be God. Like, get behind me, Satan. You know, or uh, I don't know. That, you know what, Lord, you're not speaking through my wife today. Like, that's not. <laughs> oh, sorry, babe. <laughs> but no, but, but you, you really question God's word because of your situation and your surroundings. And so when I land on my first point, and this is, I think, where we all need to land at, is that when we look at our faith, 
our faith does equal obedience. Sometimes it's just about being obedient to the word that God put in your life, the word that God gave you, in spite of everything that it looks like around you, in spite of all the things that seem like all the circumstances, what's happening. I mean, I even think about now, like God told you to do something. And, you know, I heard this said, said a while back, um, somebody said that ever since uh, March, they've been responding. When they, whenever anybody tells them that, uh, to do something that they don't want to do, their, their emetic response is, in a pandemic? <laughs> you know, like, really? And they said it's been working out for them. <laughs> but, but, but we could be like that with God. Like, God, in a pandemic? Now? Now you want me to do it? Or, or now you want me to give when I lost my job? Or now you want me to step out when I'm struggling at home with my family? Or now you want me, like, Lord, don't you see? Don't, don't you see what's going on? And, and the reality is that God is asking you to step out in faith, but that faith all the, or most of the time looks like a step of obedience. It looks like a step forward in just walking out God's word. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to transpire, but you know that you've got to take the next step. You know that. You know that. And so being willing to do that is such a huge part of your journey with Christ. It's such a huge part of your Christian walk is taking that step of obedience. When, when we look at, at um, kind of the way things happened, you know, I, I, I kind of was reading the scripture and, and again, I love to put myself into the story and just kind of imagine how I'd respond. But if we go to Joshua 2.2, so we read and we know that God gave Joshua a word. Well, this is what happens is Joshua sends out some spies to go spy out the land, right? And so Joshua 2.2, we'll pick it up. It says, the king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. Now, <clears throat> I, I pulled that scripture out specifically. And uh, this scripture, I think, speak, spoke to me because when you begin to walk out in obedience you better believe that the enemy's watching. You, you need to know that the enemy is watching you. He's looking at you and he's wanting to see, what are you gonna do next? What are you, what are you, what are you gonna do? Like the enemy sees the same circumstances you see. And you know, for all the things that we sometimes give the enemy you know, credit for, if you will, one of the things that he, he doesn't have a great imagination he, he doesn't. He, he doesn't have a great imagination. But he does look at your situation the same way you look at your situation. And if you see hopelessness, he thinks there's hopelessness, right? But the reality is that we know we have a God where there is hope in spite of hopelessness, right? We know we have a God where there is more when he says there's less, right? Our situation might not look like it, but there is more that God has coming for us. And I love the way that Joshua responds with his first step of obedience by saying, hey, you know what? Let's take that step of faith. Let's start preparing. Let's start moving. And I think about our pastor at the beginning of the year, and we've said this multiple times. Pastor Don, you know, he heard directly from God that this year needed to be a first fruits year. And we had our first fruits prayer yesterday, and it's the first Saturday of every month. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're spending time in, in uh, fasting and prayer just over this whole year. And really, we, we had no idea what was coming. Right? We didn't know what was happening, but we knew that there was a time of preparation. And that's what Pastor Don shared that God had placed on his heart at the end of last year. And so that's been where our hearts have been in this place of prayer, in this place of preparation, in this place of waiting, but waiting on God. 
right? Because we, we don't know what the end of this, we don't know what the result, we don't even know, honestly, we don't know what the answer is outside of Jesus, like that's the answer, right? But we don't know how things are going to work out in the natural. But I love the way that Joshua begins to walk through, and in fact, if, it goes, if you go to Joshua 3, 1 and 2, it says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out for Shittim and went to the Jordan. There they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went through the camp. Now, and then let's go on to 315 real quick. Now the Jordan is at flood stage during harvest. So I, I told you, this is, this is the wrong time, right? This is the wrong time. So I, I, again, I put myself back in that picture and I think about like we're marching towards the river, right? You know, and, and we're like, okay, God told you we're going to cross. I, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm being very transparent with you guys. I'm the guy that's like, uh, Joshua, there's not a bridge where we're going. <laughs> like, I, I, if you go 20 miles up, I think there might be a spot where we can cross. Maybe if we go 20 miles south, there might be a spot where we can cross. Like, and I'm not even sure about that, but, but where you're going, like it's overflowing, the, flood, the harvest is here. Like, I, I think about how I would be responding to Joshua. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, we're gonna go to this river and what are we gonna do? You know, and then we get there and then we camp for three days, right? And so me, again, I'm just speaking to me personally. Me, I'm like, oh, it's because Joshua doesn't know how to get across. I told you, I told you, <laughs> you know, but, but I will tell you, I will tell you that something else happened in three days. Something else happened in three days that, that the, the enemy thought things were over, right? The enemy thought that it was a done deal, but there was something else going on, something else happening in the supernatural that the enemy couldn't see in the natural, right? And so in this time, in this time of preparation, there's something happening right now in this church. There's something happening in the body of Christ in this world right now that we may not be able to see naturally, but there is a calling back to, there is a refining, there is something that is being poured out in the supernatural that eventually will translate to a natural occurrence. And so I'm not good with going back to normal. I want to go to supernatural. Like, I, I don't care about going back to normal. I want to go to people being healed. I want to go to things being restored. I want to go to relationships being healed. That's where I want to go. Do you want to go? Yes. yes. Praise God. I know you do. I know you do. And I, I love how Joshua's, uh, the word from God that came down. So Joshua 3.8, it says, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan waters, go and stand in the river. And then we go down to 13 and it says, as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan, the waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Now, I, I, I read this and I'm, I'm going to kind of miss with a little bit of your theology. So I apologize, Pastor Don, if you're watching. Um, but uh, I, I read this and, and I've, I've heard this story you know, it's been in movies and it was in Bible school and it's been taught so often. But as I was studying this out, I, I could not reconcile what I read with my picture of what I've been maybe heard over time, right? And what I mean by that is when I was reading this story, it specifically says that, yes, when they stepped in the water, so the priest stepped in the water, that immediately the water stood up, but it keeps on. And it says, in a town far away. It, and so 
for me, I, I think about that. And, and again, I, I went back to the Hebrew. I went back to every version of it. And nothing that I could find indicated that the water parted in front of them in that moment. Everything that I read said that it stopped in, in the town, the vicinity of Adam. Now, I looked it up, and I, I looked it up, and of course, Google's our friend, right? So you can Google it. Uh, Adam is believed to be anywhere from 12 to 30 miles away from the spot where the people of Israel crossed over. It, it's believed to be about 30 miles away. Now, you may believe, and you may go, no, I believe it happened, and praise God, maybe that is the way it happened. Maybe it is. But when, it, when God was speaking to me, what I saw is I saw that these, these priests were carrying God's presence into the river. And God specifically said, we just read it, go stand in the river, right? He didn't say go stand in the parting river. He said, go stand in the river. And I, I love that thought because for me, there are times when I stepped out in faith and I said, and I'm carrying God's presence and I know that I need to stand. And I'm like, um, Lord, like, is something going to happen? Like, is something going to change? I know you told me to do this, but is something like I need a breakthrough and I don't see it in front of me. You told me you were going to heal me. You told me you were going to restore my marriage. You told, and I, I stepped out and I don't see it. And I, I would propose to you that there are come, there come moments in our faith where God is asking you just to stand just to stand. Don't be swept away by the currents. Don't be swept away by coronavirus. Don't be swept away by racial prejudice. Don't be swept away by the election. Don't be swept away by anger. Don't be swept away by hate. Don't be swept away by any of those things that could be going on that might make you feel like you're going to go under. Because as long as you've got the presence of the Lord on your shoulders, you have the footing to stand in the river. You have the footing. And the other thing is, just because it doesn't happen in front of you doesn't mean that it's not happening beyond you. Just because it's not in front of your eyes doesn't mean he's not doing something supernatural that is on its way, that is coming down the pipeline. You know, God's got a plan for you. And just because it doesn't seem like it right here and right now does not mean that he doesn't have good things and good plans for you. And so sometimes we have to be able to just stand, people of God. We have to be able to stand. And you know what? What that looks like? That looks like loving people, right? That looks like being the, the branch to people when they need it. You know, I love that this picture that the priests are carrying the presence. But it wasn't just one priest. It was a number of priests. It was four to six carrying the presence of God going into the river. And so you have to be part of that. You have to lock in with other people who believe and are willing to carry the presence of God into their lives and stand with them. Because I know that, that when, when they stood in the river, it wasn't just the presence of God waiting them down that gave them assurance, but it was the fact that there was three or four or five other people that were holding on as well that also gave me a footing. And there have been times in my life when I needed people to hold on to God's presence. I was holding on to God, but I needed them to hold on to God for me. I needed that. And God has always been faithful because of those people. There are people in this room that have held on to God's presence for me. There are people out in the lobby that have held on to God's presence for me. And I wouldn't be here if there were not people that were locked arms with me saying, let's carry God's presence into your life. And we're going to stand together. We're going to stand against cancer. We're going to stand against all the other things going on. And so there does come a moment when you have to stand 
You have to stand in spite of what the world tells you, in spite of what it feels like. I know that it can feel like you're going under sometimes. Like this, this moment in history is such a profound moment. And so many people talk about just feeling like they're just trying to catch their breath. And so I just want to encourage you, get under God's presence, lock in with other believers and stand, stand in his presence, stand there. He will do mighty things. He will do mighty things. But you know what, though? Is that in that same moment, in that same moment, we just talked about the spies, right? That they saw. I wonder what they thought. You know, they're, they're probably on the other side of the river and they're watching. And they, they watch the priests carry the, the ark into the water. And, and I wonder what they were telling themselves, right? They were probably like, oh, look at this. Look. Their, their ark is going to get swept away. It's going gonna, it's gonna to go. Like they're going to step in the river. Don't they know it's at flood stage? Don't, don't they know that it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sweep them? What if their whole army drowns? Like, oh my gosh, let's watch this. Let's watch this. Right? And I will tell you that the enemy watches every move you make. He watches it. Every breath you take sounds like a police song. <laughs> I'm not going to sing. I'll spare you. That'll be, that'll be part two. No. Um, but the enemy will watch every move you make. He watches every, every breath you take. And I will tell you that he wants to take your breath. He, he's looking at right now, especially right now, he's looking to take your breath. Just ask Sister Carmelita. He tried to take her breath. And many of you, he's trying to take your breath right now. And not just in the uh, actual affliction standpoint. He wants to take your breath because when he takes your breath, he takes your voice. He takes your voice. He wants to take that because he knows that if he can get you in a state of fear, if he can get you in a state of backing down, that there, there won't be anybody who will stand in the river for him. But, you know, that moment isn't over, right? That's not what ended up happening. Right? We, we know what happened, right? So, so again, go with me to this picture and, and kind of picture this. So the, the army of God is all behind. And it, it, it said in the, in the script, if you read it out, that they were supposed to stay about a half mile behind the, um, the ark, right? And so the army of God is about a half mile from the edge of the river. And the priests are standing in the river. And I don't know how long they, they're standing I don't. Maybe it happened immediately. Maybe that's the, the, the Sunday school teachings were right when I was a kid. Or maybe it happened later. I, and I actually studied this out. You know that, that water in rivers, the average speed is about three to five miles an hour. And the fastest river moves at an average speed of about seven miles an hour. So let's just say that this happened 30 miles away. They could have stood there for like four or five hours with nothing happening. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like that? Like, you know that something's happening. But I, I, I want to kind of back up a little bit. Because again, the way that I look at this, I, I always want to put myself in it. And so I, I thought about this situation. And I started to think about the fact that this situation reminds me of another situation. And we all know, right? When, when else did, uh, did, do you know when, when God parted the waters? Come on, Sunday school people. <laughs> Come on. The Red Sea, right? Right? So God parted the waters in the Red Sea. And um, we know that that happened. We know that Moses walked on through, which was Joshua's predecessor, right? And I, I was thinking about this situation, the Red Sea, and then you have this situation at the Jordan where the waters are, are parted. And I, I was thinking about why is this a miracle? Now, the, the fact that the waters parted 
is definitely a miracle. Like that is a miracle. But, but why? Right? And, and I, I, I like to do that. I like to be like, no, but why? But why? Like, help me. Like, I, I need to understand more. And I, I, the reason I say, but why, is because it wasn't a miracle that the people of Moses crossed the Red Sea because they could have had a boat. They could have made a boat. They could have gone over in the Red Sea. They could have walked around or found uh, what's called a ford. Do you know what a ford is? A ford is like a shallow point in the sea or in the water where you can cross over. They could have found that. And the same thing here is Joshua and, and the people of Israel, it wasn't a miracle that God part, or the miracle wasn't that they crossed the Red Sea. Yes, it was that God stopped the water, but they could have gone up the river or down the river and found a bridge or found a ford to be able to get their people to cross. That wasn't the miracle. And I, I want to, I want to, I want to express this in the way that God gave it to me. The miracle wasn't that they were able to cross the Red Sea because people had crossed it. In fact, the spies crossed the Jordan just one chapter before. The miracle was tied to timing. It was tied to timing and to quantity, right? So if you go back and you look at, let's look at um, Exodus 14, 9, 10. And says, the Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and took them as they camped by, and overtook them as they camped by the, by the sea near Phi, Herihoth, opposite of Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and they were the, there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. So when I say timing, right, the Israelites didn't have time to make a boat. A big boat, right? Because, I mean, I don't know how many people there was. They estimate over a million, a million and a half, right? That, that's a pretty big boat, bigger than mo the boat that Noah did, right? So they didn't have time to be able to do that, but they had a number of people, and the enemy had them cornered because the enemy was coming after them, right? So they needed a way to escape that would allow them to get that many people into a safe place. Right? And so the miracle in that situation with the waters parting is that God made a way for them to escape. God made a way for them to get out. Now, this situation in Joshua is very different. It's a whole different situation because if, if you go back to the book of Joshua and we, where we read, the, the book starts with the fact that they are going into the promised land. And they are actually going in armed. They're going in ready for battle. They're going in to take what God has promised them. And so the miracle here is that sometimes, sometimes God makes a way for you to run from the enemy. And sometimes he makes a way for you to run at the enemy. Sometimes he gives you a passage to be able to take on the enemy to a new degree. He spent 40 years pouring his word into them, 40 years building up faith in them, 40 years giving them that faith that they needed so that at that moment they could all cross together, but they could cross together to go after the enemy. And I don't know about you, but I want to go after the enemy. I want to go after, I'm tired of him. I'm tired of him taking our children. I'm tired of him taking our spouses. I'm tired of him taking our jobs, our finances. I'm tired of him taking our health. I want a way where we can all cross together and get at the enemy and take him out once and for good to be able to walk through that place and be able to see that God has something for you. God has something mighty for, and God is waiting. 
God is waiting for you to step through that river. He's waiting for you to take that step through. All you've got to do is first be obedient. Then you've got to stand. And then after that, you've got to run at the enemy. He's giving you a chance. He's separating the waters and he's saying, go on through. Can I tell you what the enemy fears most? Can I tell you what he fears most is when the water stops run flowing and the people of God start flowing. I'm going to say that again. The enemy fears when the water stops flowing, but the people of God start flowing because they flew in like, flowed in like a river. As soon as that, that river parted, guess who was the river of God? Guess who was? It was his people. They were rushing in. That's why when they walked around Jericho, their hearts had already melted and those walls fell because God was already depositing that in him and he's already depositing in you. It's time for you to be the river of God. It's time for you to step into that and be what God wants you to be in your workplaces, in your jobs, in your schools. It's time for you to take God's presence because God has filled you for such a time as this. And so we know, we know that God loves us. We know that God wants us. And we know that he has a plan and a purpose for us. And I, I, I love that thought that, that we can become the river of God. We can become his very presence. You know, it, if you look at, uh, I love the comparison, the Old Testament and New Testament, right? So Old Testament, you know, there's, there's so, it's so rich in what it does, but everything is about the law. And, and there's a, there are points when God's presence race rests on his people. But if you look at New Testament, New Testament, God's presence rests in his people, right? And, and I love that because it gives me a sense of like, what is possible? What, what do you want from us, Lord? And I look at the old Testament and God parted the water. He parted the water five times, five times in the old Testament. You know that he parted the water at the creation. He separated and made land, right? Then he parted the water when, with, uh, Moses and with, uh, and with, um, Joshua. And then he parted the water with uh, Elijah and Elisha. He parted the total of five times. And it was always to get somewhere, right? It was always to do something. When God had an obstacle of water in the New Testament, you know what, what I, I absolutely love is when Jesus needed to get somewhere and water was in his way, guess what he did? He walked on water. Praise God. And so there is an outpouring where you no longer have to worry about parting the water, but God's going to give you the ability to walk over it. You're going to walk over it without a scathe, without an issue, without, you're going to walk over it with his presence over you. There is a moment that comes when God does something so amazing that it's no longer about having to spread the, the sea, but he just tells you, just walk right over it. Just walk right over it. It's time for you to just walk right over it. You can get to the other side because you've got people to bring with you. You've got loved ones you got to worry about. You've got this people, this world that you need to save. You don't have time for the waters to part. You can walk right on through it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Praise you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.